What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 13 of Track Talk Pod. We are your hosts, Emma and Hannah, and we have an amazing Monaco Grand Prix recap to talk about today. We've got WEG content. We've got celebrity content. We've got a whole two-hour and 13-minute race to talk about. We are ready. I didn't even realize it was that long because I was working. I had it on at work, like mostly during my breaks when I had downtime. So I kept pausing it and restarting it. So I was like, oh yeah, it's just, it's a regular race. I didn't realize it was over two hours. Isn't that average though? So it is. I actually don't know why it felt so long to me today, but I think it's because I was looking at the lap counter and I understand that it it had the most amount of laps of any race on the calendar, but it's because it's the shortest circuit. So it does make sense. But when you're just looking at the laps, I was like, oh my God, this is nowhere near over. (laughs) No, there's a lot of laps. 78. 78. Honestly, not that much happened up until like lap 50, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I feel like we should talk about qualifying We need to start with the whole weekend. My first comment is on their dock is McLaren livery is just sexy. It was so nice. So good. I almost bought the hoodie, the triple crown. I, I still might. It's in my cart. I haven't pulled the plug yet. It's cute. Press the button or whatever the saying is, but <laughs> checked out. Um, pull the bit, plug. Bit the bullet. P- pull the plug is when you, when you stop something. I know I fucked up. <laughs> I haven't bit the bullet on it yet. I probably will. It's so nice. It's so nice. The McLaren livery had, so it was just a tribute to the Triple Crown. I know we keep saying we're going to talk about the Triple Crown. We might get into it today or next week. No, bonus episode. Bonus episode. Bonus episode. Yes. While there was no one McLaren driver that's won the Triple Crown, McLaren itself has won the races. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like a tribute to that. So the first part of the car was from 24 Hours of Le Mans. The middle part was... Monaco and then the last part was the Indy 500 like Mm -hmm. just the tribute to those original designs and it was so pretty Mm -hmm. like I hate those tractors but oh my god I know I said to Emma this week I'm like do I buy this like tell me not to and she's like no you have to no you have to and then I also said I would also buy yes she did split shipping yes merch girls probably still will but I I did say why or I said damn McLaren for having the best merch always no they always have such good merch and I hate it yep because i like i don't want to support this team mm-hmm. ferraris doesn't have merch they know they do stuff. puma stuff and it always looks t- very sporty and very like just not cute like it's not cute merch you can't just wear it out no charles's uh his custom yeah his home race suit i didn't like it and oh, i liked it because just from afar because i don't wear my i also don't wear my glasses so like everything's always a little blurry sometimes but <laughs> at a glance I was like, it just looks like he's wearing white pants and there's just blood on it. You know what? That's t- typically his fashion style is like just bizarre pants. So I yeah, honestly it suited sense. him. But <laughs> yeah, that was... I liked it. I thought it was different. You never really see Ferrari in white. No. So I just thought it was like a nice like change. And honestly, Charles would look good in trash bags. So I, people are thinking or people are assuming that we're going to see Carlos in a a similar racing mm, suit. Yeah, next week. But it's he's just going to end up looking like Winnie the Pooh if it's just like red and yellow. Red and yellow. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I don't know. I hope they do. They can't yeah. just do it for Charles and no. not for Carlos. Speaking of, you know, designs, custom designs, um, I wanted to cry. I when also wanted to cry. Charles is, Charles and Arthur. Arthur is an F2, mm-hmm. his younger brother. Have we ever really talked about Arthur that much on the podcast? I think so because I I remember telling people that it's pronounced Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Arthur F2. They both had a 
had special helmets for the Monaco race and it was just a tribute to their dad's mm-hmm. old racing helmet and they were the same colors just inverted mm-hmm. and it just it was heartwarming to see yeah for anyone who doesn't know their father passed away I believe in 2016 um so this obviously home races are special for anybody but he was also a race car driver as well mm-hmm. I don't think he ever made it to f1 but he was competitive so anything that they do as a tribute to their dad just makes me sob yeah yeah I wonder why their older brother doesn't race yeah. Enzo? Lorenzo. Yeah, Lorenzo. He doesn't race. No. But he manages. He both manages of both of them, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. It's like a family business. My sister would never manage me. I, I would never let my sister manage me. <laughs> Good for them, I guess. <laughs> Before the race even happened, we talked about the curse last week. Mm-hmm. And it, <laughs> this is so painful and I'm laughing. But it's not just um not just a Charles curse anymore. No. It was passed on to Arthur. It is a Leclerc curse. He Arthur uh he crashed out of qualifying. Yeah. He started from the back of the grid. And then he also had to retire from the feature race on like lap nine. His first home race. And I'm like, oh my God, this <sighs> is, we've, Taylor Swift, like, I think you've seen this film before. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was sad. I think lots of people were thinking that because F2 qualifying happened before F1, obviously. So when Arthur crashed, I think people were like, it's just moved on. Like it's it's on to Arthur now. It's not Charles's curse anymore. That's what I like thought. he's passed it along. Not that that's what we wanted, but for us Charles girlies, like I guess it's a step up. It's just not true. Like they're both cursed. No, they're both cursed. To be fair, Charles did not have the worst weekend no, compared to other weekends. But like, it wasn't good. No. And it was still something that was a little bit out of his control, which yes. is frustrating. Yeah. Just think about this for one sec. Think about the day Charles wins Monaco. I don't the, have I don't have words. The home I, crowd goes crazy when he sets like a a time a, yeah, a, a fast time in, in qualifying. Like yeah. imagine if he won. Monaco would like burn down. Yeah. I, I think it would be well it will be something amazing and I will get, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah, but but when we is have that? to break the curse first, so we have to find like a witch or something to bring into the equation we have before the candle. we can get there. Oh my god, we do have the candle. We have, uh, so for our um, listeners that don't follow us on TikTok, we have a Charles Leclerc Jesus candle. <laughs> I got it for Christmas um, <laughs> last year, I think. I love it. I've never lit it because I'm scared. No, like you don't want to light a candle like this, but I almost think that you, next year we, we have to. We have to, to light it, break the say a little prayer. I think we should. Okay, we'll mark up. our words. Next year at this time, we will be... Lighting the Charles candle, and we will be manifesting a Charles win. And we are delusional by nature, so we'll see if that does anything for him. That's her brand, though. It is. It is delusional. Okay, back to qualifying. Checo crashed into the barrier. Yeah. I was so happy. I was happy, too. (laughs) It was like, I felt so bad that it made me this excited to, like, see him crash. But it was everything. I think Christian Horner might have been more excited than we were, though. Like, yes, it sucks for the constructors, but let's be real. Christian was going to have a decision to make in the next few yeah. weeks if both Checo and Max kept winning slash podiuming. <laughs> Is, podiuming? Is that a word? Podiuming? Getting podium? Placing on Placing. the podium? Anyways, Christian would have had a tough decision to make. Does he stick with Max, who is his golden child, who is a two-time world champ already? Or does he give Checo an opportunity if they're like still within like similar points range, like just team orders wise? Now they're not. Now they're not. Max is a beast in that car. Yeah. I think it is going to be a little bit more difficult for Checo to catch up. But I mean, during the race, we saw that Checo was literally just a test driver 
you honestly, you could have had Danny Rick in this yeah. with what he was doing. Because yeah. it started raining. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But it started raining at one point. They're like, we're going to put wet tires on yeah. him. See if that works. It didn't. Yeah. But Checo was also lapped twice. Yeah. But again, getting ahead of ourselves. But it's fine. But he is supposed to be king of the streets. So the De- fact that... Dethroned, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know necessarily if he's dethroned, but... It made me happy to see that he did not like, yeah. have a good spot for qualifying. Yeah. We're not Checo fans. No. No. I don't um, endorse cheating if that makes sense <laughs> okay yeah fair <laughs> oh so in my notes that i took for when i watched was watching qualifying i think i probably wrote it maybe four times is lewis struggling and then a few lines later is lewis struggling and then again a few lines later is he struggling yes he was but in terms of because he crashed out or cr- not crashed out but he did crash in q or in fp3 mm-hmm. honestly given the fact that he crashed in fp3 his q1 was Awesome. I know. So. But we found out why he was struggling. I don't know if you saw it, but they, I guess they were trying something new on the car, yeah. a new setup, and the team didn't want to, but Lewis pushed for it yeah. for qualifying. I did see this. Backfired on him and he took the blame for it. But yeah. the entire time I was watching qualifying, I'm like, why is he struggling so much? Like for someone of his like capabilities, yeah. he was really struggling at Monaco. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's exactly it. It's, yes, he's an amazing driver, but also just like at Monaco experiences everything. Yeah. And you saw that with yeah. Fernando today. We also saw it with Logan Sargent who didn't know what he was doing in Monaco. Right. <laughs> this, and and they said this is like Logan's first time ever racing mm-hmm. at Monaco. And obviously like it shows like it's just not a track that you can just go there for the first time, like Hungaro ring or something like that and do well. It's so technical. Whether you're a good driver or not, you just have to have a feel for the racing line for the the tires, the elevation, like it's just so unique. But he made it to Q3. He did. And so did Lando. I was going to say both McLarens made it to Q3. But I was shocked with Lando because he had that, what was it? I don't even know what happened. Oh yeah, Lando, <laughs> so Lando hit the wall, but the but the car is pretty. Um, he hit the wall during Q2, still had the fastest, one of the fastest lap times to make it into Q3. And for some reason somehow those mechanics are magicians and they fixed lando's car in time to get him out for a lap for two three and i was like i was shocked i I know you were texting me and you're like oh my gosh lando i want to die and then you're like oh my god they got him out for another lap i'm like yeah i know it's a stream of consciousness not gonna die not gonna die but (laughs) this is honestly the notes that we take for these podcast episodes is just like what our thoughts at the time (laughs) okay so i'm gonna read it actually okay (laughs) so emma writes You know those people who, when they're mad or annoyed and you try to give them advice and they just don't want to listen to you no matter what, even if your advice is good and you're trying to help them? They're just stubborn and so set in their anger and nothing you say will ever be taken into consideration. That is Lewis's broadcasted radio messages. And I know we don't hear all of the radio messages that are said like throughout the either any sessions. Yeah. But when Lewis gets on the radio and says something to his... Bono. Yeah. So when he gets on the radio and says something to Bono, he's literally, it's just complaining. Yeah. And it's not even in a way where it's like, I need advice. I need help. What do I do? It's just like, tires are struggling. Blah, blah, blah. I was just going to say, tires are struggling, man. Like, we're losing <laughs> this. We have that. We don't have this. And then like, like, are they choosing just to air only the negative messages? Or is that just all he has? I don't know. But but you, you get yes, my point. Yes, no, I totally do. Because today he said something about, um, he said something about a puncture or something. Or like something about his, I don't know, I can't remember if it was a puncture or suspension. And Bono came back and was, and was like, the car looks fine. Car is fine. Like, I don't know what you want from us. And it is weird. But at the same time, and we know that that radio messages 
sometimes are sent out as a form of like manipulation slash mind games with other teams mm-hmm. because other teams oh, can hear radio messages we're gonna get into and we'll that. get into it. But I almost think that Lewis knows the game so well that he will say stuff like that just to bait his competitors into like pushing harder because they think he's struggling or whatnot. That, like, let's just think about it. Okay. But then I feel like they would have codes. Maybe. Is that allowed? Do you think? I mean, you always hear it last year. How many plans did we hear from Ferrari? They're like plan E, plan F, plan G. So like you can have like a code necessarily, but. But are they allowed to lie? Yeah, absolutely. Even like they can say. I Ferrari mean, said they're boxing today and they didn't. Twice. They twice. Said, twice. They said box. And then for Carlos, just to try to screw over SD Bestie. But okay, back to qualifying because. Oh my God. This weekend was a. I know. There's so It much. was a disaster. I wanted to cry for Lance. I literally, it was not his weekend. He said afterwards, like, or after the race, like post-race interview, he said, this is a weekend to forget. During qualifying, he, debris got caught under his car, like, destroyed the floorboards, and, like, he just struggled during the race as well. He had to retire. Why are you laughing? The struggle is an understatement, honestly. Like, Like it was- Lance had, it it was a fucking disaster for Lance today. (laughs) I don't understand because, I mean, I do understand because- Fernando Alonso is a two-time world champion and he knows what he's doing and he's good. But Lance is not a bad driver either. And I just feel like this weekend was not his weekend. And if, you know, if he had a better qualifying session, I think we would have seen him higher up. Yeah. Like, definitely. That was such a Will Buxton moment. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? I Like, do. I don't think he would have... Uh, whatever. I just felt really bad for him. I'm a Lance girl. And I just... Yeah, just not, like, seeing him not even make it and qualifying is just, it was painful. Yeah. It made me, made me sad. Yeah. One of the most important things we have to talk about with qualifying is Charles and the tunnel incident. Tunnel incident. Incident, yeah. It striked, stroke, no. Struck. Struck. <laughs> it struck up a lot of controversy. Yeah. Usually, when drivers are on their flying laps, setting their times, and there's another driver ahead of them. They have to move out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's it's a rule. And they're usually told by their engineer to move out of the way. Mm-hmm. Apparently, when Charles was in the tunnel... See, I've heard mixed things. I've heard that Charles was told over the radio, and I've also heard that he wasn't. But Charles was in the tunnel, and Lando was on a hot lap. He was on a... He was going. He honestly probably would have set a really good time that bumped him up from 10th. But Charles didn't get out of the way fast enough, ruin Lando's time. It's, it's impeding on the lap time is what it's mm-hmm. called by the FIA. Mm-hmm. And Charles was penalized for it. Charles qualified third. Yeah. But because of the incident in the tunnel, because he impeded on Lando's lap time. It's a nap time. Because he impeded on Lando's. <laughs> <laughs> because he ruined Lando's lap time, he had a three-place grid penalty. Dropped him down to six. Do you think it was fair? No. You look like you're about to cry. Well, (laughs) we can't talk about this without talking about Carlos. Okay. Because the exact same thing happened to Charles where Carlos didn't move out of the way. But is it different because it's teammate on teammate? Right. I think that that's where the FIA looks at that and says we're not going to penalize Carlos because within the same team. Like the engineers probably made that decision. They probably made that decision. And I just don't think that that was the case. Carlos was very clearly in Charles's way on his flying lap. I mean, regardless, we knew something ridiculous was going to happen to Charles this weekend. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because this is not the first time a driver has gotten in the way of a qualifying lap. And it's honestly 
99% of the time, not on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like, the drivers don't want to be in someone's way. Mm -hmm. They don't like when people are in their way. They are pretty much, for the most part, they're respectful on the track. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, Twitter sleuths are insane, but people had found examples of, like, past scenarios that were very similar. One of them included the 2021 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix qualifying session. Esteban Ocon got in the way of Sebastian Vettel. And instead of penalizing him three places, they fined the team because the team didn't tell Esteban quick enough that Sebastian was behind him. So Esteban, even though he did hear the message, didn't have time to get out of the way. He couldn't do anything about it. And so if Charles, if the case was the same with Charles, if he wasn't told that Lana was like behind him, he wasn't told to get out of the way, wouldn't that be a team error and not a driver error? Like, why are you... Why are you making Charles suffer? Yeah. You know? I'm with you on that. So I've heard a lot of things. Um, Again, there is also a rule. Don't slow down in the tunnel. And that's what Charles did. And it's not a written rule. I believe that this is just from the Drivers Association because they do have meetings like yeah. Yeah. before the Grand Prix. It's, it's, so it's not written in the FIA rule book, but it's a rule that all the drivers agree on. Don't slow down in the tunnel. And unfortunately, Charles did. They also, okay, but there's also not headlights on the car. So maybe he just didn't see Lando behind him. I don't know. Where Charles Gurley is, we're going to back him up, and it just, it's painful. Yeah, where they lose me is the FIA just has zero consistency with anything that they do. Mm-mm. And we, we've we seen that this year already, where they'll hand out time penalties when it should be a grid penalty. Or today, there was a black and white flag for Carlos that probably should have been a time a- penalty. Exactly. And there's been times where, where drivers overtake off the track, and, and they don't have to give the places back. And, you know, I just don't think that the FIA has any consistency Mm -hmm. with the penalties that they hand out, whether they're grid, time, any fines to the team. Like, there's just no consistency. And that's unfortunate from this governing body that is supposed to have or take care of the teams and the drivers and keep everyone safe. And and fair. And keep 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 the race fair. And we're not FIA fans. I don't know one person who is. But it's just... When you start looking at past instances where things that are very similar have happened and different consequences have been handled differently, it's just, I can't get behind that, you know? I think that the FIA tries very hard to, I think that, I think this year specifically, they are trying harder to play by the rules that they have set, but for so long, the penalties and the punishments were based on like precedent. Mm -hmm. And so it varied Mm -hmm. from like case to case to case. And so now this year, the FIA, I think we can all agree they're more strict. Sure, maybe these are the rules, but just they're not following it the way that they should or they're not, you know, they haven't followed them precisely the last few years. Like, it's just, again, like you said, there's no consistency mm-hmm. and, like, it's painful to watch. Mm-hmm. And this could be something that we're missing. Like, there is meetings with the team principals and the FIA present. So this could be something that the FIA has co- gone into those meetings and said, hey, this year we're going to be really strict on track limits. We saw that at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. They had said we're going to be really strict on track limits. And I'm wondering and if... Grid the, and grid starting positions. And grid starting positions. And we'll get there. And everything in the pits. Um, throw back to SD Bestie last week, my rant. They're just... I wonder if the team principals are aware and the drivers are aware that like the FIA is looking a lot closely at some things and not at others. And I kind of hope that's the case because at least then they would know what they're going to be penalized on and why. Instead of it being this gray area of maybe we'll give you a time penalty, maybe we'll drop you down a grid starting position place. I don't know. We saw for Charles, it was a three place grid penalty, but I just want to say that Lando got 
also the shit end of the stick because he got so much hate for no reason at all. He did nothing wrong. Nothing. And I just feel like we need to remember that he's a 23-year-old guy. He's got a sense of humor. He's also friends with Charles. Mm -hmm. So when Lando said in his post-quality interview that he expects Charles to be disqualified, it was a joke. That's hilarious. When has a driver, like, ever actually been disqualified in the last few years? It doesn't happen. And you could see Lando's little smile, his laugh. Like, it was a joke. It was a joke. Get over it. And then there's also that photo that we posted on our story of Lando flipping off Charles in the paddock. Iconic, first of all. So funny. I want it framed. I'm using that meme for many other instances in my life well i posted it today it was like me flipping off my sunday shift like (laughs) that's how i felt and charles in the photo was smiling he wasn't offended we should really just like frame it and put it up right behind us it just it makes me mad because people in the comments not our comments but twitter all over were like this is childish this is immature like Mm -hmm. like this is why no one likes him blah blah blah. and i'm like oh my god he's starting 10th after his lap got ruined Mm -hmm. He's having fun with this. He's still going to do his best. Yeah, he's going to be upset with Charles, but Mm -hmm. let them live. Yeah. I love Lando. Don't love him at McLaren because I hate McLaren. But I love Lando and his personality is everything. Yeah. And I just, it makes me so mad when people find every single goddamn reason to hate on him. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So there's that. And then there's another layer to it, which is Ferrari fans are crazy. Charles fans are crazy. Oh, I mean, Ooh. and it's just heightened because it was in Monaco this weekend, obviously home race. As a Ferrari fan, sometimes I am embarrassed with the reactions that I see from other Ferrari fans online where they think that everything in a race is just the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Like for this to happen to Charles, like, oh my God, we have to hate Lando Norris. Like, can we just chill for one second? One second. One second. Let's all, like, even as we're saying... Charles's penalty was unfair. We still are like, he slowed down in the tunnel. Right. We're realistic here. Like, we understand that drivers make mistakes. Yes. Yeah. And to go at Lando is just absolutely ridiculous. At the end of the day, if Charles, like, I don't know what they wanted, but Charles was still only going to start third. Yeah. So really, like, what is going at Lando doing here? Nothing. It's doing nothing. And it's just these diehard fans that don't pay attention to anything but results. It's just it couldn't be me that's all i have to say it couldn't be me it couldn't be me no uh we're delusional but we're not crazy no yeah i think is the there's a fine line now when i go to italy and meet a ferrari (laughs) fan i am going to have an interesting conversation and try to find out i can understand more than i can speak you can't speak it my grandparents used to speak it to me when i was younger um but yeah i understand more than i it takes me a little while to figure out what to say back can you bring me back something Ferrari? Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, I'm fully ready. I told my parents I'm fully ready to go into any store that has Ferrari Anything. merchandise. Yes. Perfect. We Amazing. have to. Even if it's, a like, a fake, like a knockoff? Yes. I don't, I care. don't care. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. I think that is it for qualifying, which was a lot. But, okay, qualifying is so much more interesting than the race. This week, it was so much more In general. I've said this before. Qualifying yeah. is just so much better like it's more entertaining higher stakes i just love it there was <laughs> what here we go again oh. um emma's ridiculous note that you're it's our document this week it is wtf alonzo hasn't been on pole in formula one since 2012 that's not the crazy sentence the crazy sentence is god please anyone but max preferably charles but not max bold letters capital letters fuck 
Because he got Paul. <laughs> Fuck. We're going to mark this episode as uh, explicit. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it just made me so mad because Charles, I was literally, oh my God, he got purple purple sectors. Yeah. He went purple. And then Alonzo went purple. And I'm like, you know what? We can, we can do second place. This is fine. And then Max. I just, Max was down. Like, he was down two tenths. He was down two tenths. And he was riding the wall. I know. I don't know how he made it up in the third sector, which is the shortest sector he of the made, track. He made up two tenths to take pole. And I don't like Max, but oh my God, does he know how to drive. Oh yeah. Like he deserved that pole. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know how he did it because he was down in, in sector one and sector two. I'm not a Max fan, but he deserved it. Like he did. Max deserves everything that that he gets in Formula One for the most part. Not the 2021 Drivers World Championship, I will say. But this year and last year, like there is no competition. He deserves everything that he's got because it is just pure raw talent. Mind you, his car is awesome. Even if he had a shit car, I honestly feel like Max, he's just so well-versed that I feel like he would just still be amazing. He's just, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I I honestly, is the Red Bull illegal? Maybe, but we're not mechanics and we can't get into that. So we're just going to say good job, Max, uh, and we're going to move on. Oh, the last thing I want to mention about qualifying. Ferrari put out a statement on Twitter. Did you see it? I don't know. Oh my God, Ferrari. Ferrari, after the penalty was announced... Scuderia Ferrari posted on Twitter. After qualifying, the stewards decided that Charles impeded Lando Norris in the tunnel section during Q3. Charles has been given a three-place grid penalty and will thus start from sixth place tomorrow in sixth place tomorrow for Mount Monaco's Grand Prix. This actually promotes Carlos to fourth place. Read the room, Ferrari. Like we don't care about Carlos right also, now. Also, like basic maths, we get it. Yeah. Like we know that that means Carlos moves up a place. Like why did that <laughs> why did that have to be added into this tweet that's like clearly painful for Charles at his home race. Actually, this brought Carlos to fourth place. This is good, guys. Don't worry. Like fuck off, Ferrari. I don't I don't know who runs their social media. They are I think I do know who runs their social media. You know the lady with the bright red hair? The Italian lady? Is that her? I thought... No. Oh, it is. It has to be her. I think it is. I don't remember her name. And they are just very... And this is going to sound rude. They're very old in their social media approach. Boomers. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. They, they don't really do... Like, their C-squared videos are funny sometimes, but they don't really do a whole lot that's, like, very, like, relatable. Like, honestly, they could take a page out of McLaren's book. McLaren? McLaren has the best social media account. And Mercedes. And Mercedes has good. a good one, too. Yeah. They, uh, they're pretty good. Yeah, Ferrari is... They're, like, trying too hard. Yeah. But, like, they're not... They just don't have that younger perspective. No. Hey, you guys want a social media manager? Hey, Ferrari. Sorry I said some not nice things. (laughs) (laughs) I'll work for you. That's good. Okay, let's... Please can we move on from qualifying now? Yeah, (laughs) this is is going on far too long. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't even halfway down the race and Max passed Checo, who was literally in 16th. Mind you, Checo started last and he did work his way up. But Max, not even halfway through the race, laps his teammate. If I'm Jacko, I'm literally like, fuck you. Like, I wanted, this is the worst race for me in the entire yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just the way it happened, too. Like, it was at the chicane, right? Where there was kind of, like, a weird, like, they kind of went off. 
or Checo went off the track and Max like overtook him? I don't I don't really know what happened. I just know Max lapped him and then he lapped him again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, so here's my question. At what point do you just remove drivers from the race? Do they have to be lapped two times? Like, really, honestly, we know that they are not finishing in the points. Why don't we just get those cars off the grid? Okay, honestly, that is such a good question. There was one point at the race where this was like, this was further on, probably just after lap 50 or so. A lot of the lead cars had lapped a lot of the last cars Mm -hmm. and it was a mess. It was Mm -hmm. just messy. Mm -hmm. So we had Ocon, who was in fourth. Behind him was Carlos, who was in fifth. Behind him, Joe, who was in 15th. Behind him, Lewis, who was in sixth. Behind him, Alex, who was in 16th. Behind him, Charles, who was in seventh. And then behind him was Checo, who was in 17th. And then Pierre, who was in eighth. Take a breath. Oh my God. What? Like that, I get it. Monaco was such a short track, but to see what? One, two, three, four, five, six, eight, to see eight cars literally all at different points in the race half of them are on lap 52 half of them are still on lap 51 mm-hmm. and they're all i was like this is hard to follow and this mm-hmm. is messy like mm-hmm. i don't know who anyway i pull them just pull them out of the race i honestly truly think that especially on a track like monaco where there isn't a lot of space so like you will get stuck behind the car behind or in front of you mm-hmm. why are we not just pulling them off the track like maybe that's just a ridiculous take i have no idea tiktok will probably tell me but i just think that If you're getting lapped twice, you are nowhere near the points. Why are we still on the track? It's honestly dangerous at that point. I mean, especially because it started raining too. Right, exactly. And this was when all the chaos happened because lap 50 was when that started to happen. This happened in lap 51. And And all of a sudden it's like, and I know that they're not necessarily racing with them, but like now Lewis is kind of, or Charles is racing with Alex Albon. Yeah. And Alex technically doesn't need to give like move aside until Charles within a certain distance. And like, this goes with all the drivers, but that's going to happen. And then it's going to be like another lap until Charles can pass the next driver. Like, you know, and it's just, it's, I don't, like I got a headache watching it because I was like, it was right at the hairpin and I paused it. And I was like, there's eight cars here. And I don't know. I had to, I had literally had to do math. I was like, what is going on? There were so many times where I was watching the hairpin and it's like- So slow. They're waiting for this person who's waiting for this person. I'm like, this is how I feel like Black Friday shopping. (laughs) It was a traffic jam is what it was. Honestly. And I get it that these cars are, they're longer, they're heavier, they're bigger. It makes me question like, how long is Monaco going to be a race? I knew you were going to say that. And it's- a legit argument at this point. Because I know it's the pinnacle of Formula One, but it's not practical. So I have a I have a proposition. Okay. They're for gonna, the FIA. They're gonna Okay. <laughs> Go off. <laughs> Go off, Anna. I'll sit back. Um no, I just have like an idea of how to keep Monaco on the grid because you can't remove Monaco. No. Like you honestly just can't. It's it brings in so much revenue for Formula One. It is like you said, it's part of the triple crown, it's the pinnacle of F1. It needs to stay on the calendar. I think they should almost do it kind of like Indy where you need to qualify for Monaco and they should only put out maybe a certain number, a of, certain cars. number of cars, like maybe 10 cars. Mm. That's, that's a little intense. I was thinking somewhere around like 12. I honestly okay. think that that solves your traffic jam issue and it makes Monaco all the more like exciting. Cause now you have to qualify for it or we have to qualify for your place on the grid and then maybe like some sort of sprint 
or some sort of like kind of how Indy does when they send out a certain amount of cars for quality and you're setting like your average lap time. I don't, Monaco cannot be removed from the calendar. I don't want that. But I also don't want to continue to watch Monaco races where nothing happens because there's no overtaking. And, and then this happens when cars are getting lapped multiple times. Cause how fun is that for us to watch and for them to drive? I like the idea, but the issue is not the number of cars. The issue is Monaco streets are so tiny and these cars keep growing. I do think less cars would make a good, like a difference, Mm -hmm. like a positive difference, but I think they just got to like set some new infrastructure in Monaco. Like let's just. (laughs) Okay. My, my idea was like a little easier to do then. (laughs) Let's just um, widen these streets a bit. Yeah. You know, it's possible. That's what they do in Canada. I know. Yeah. Every goddamn (laughs) summer they're widening these streets. We have ideas. So if anyone wants to reach out to us, yeah, we can pencil in a meeting. (laughs) <laughs> we're we're not even like we've jumped lap 50 but we haven't even talked about the race yet no <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> um the race was messy that was it it was yeah. not entertaining until like lap 45 or so yeah um i did have a note saying lance's overtake was sexy it was because he he did i think it was with the hot i could be wrong i think it was because the checkout also came through they both like kind of got advantage yeah. of it but yeah lance it was it was pretty. You don't really see a lot of overtaking in Monaco. You don't. Lance was he did it. I mean, he retired from the race, but did you see the clip of him walking? I did. <laughs> I felt so bad. I felt bad. It it was it was giving um, you know, Checo on the scooter. Yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. the same vibe it had. Yeah. So Lance had to retire from the race and I mean, listen. <laughs> race aside, there's a very handsome man walking down the streets of Monaco with a white shirt and it's raining. And now the Monaco Grand Prix has turned into a wet white t-shirt contest. Well, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we can move on from that. Um, Carlos. Let's talk about Carlos. Let's talk about Carlos. <sighs> I'm going to put a disclaimer here real fast. I don't like Carlos at Ferrari. Everything I say is biased because I don't like him at Ferrari. Okay? Okay. Did you like him at McLaren? Yes. Okay. I thought he was just a baby this race. He complained a lot today. And I see I see two sides to it. I see how Ferrari might have screwed up his strategy. Okay, we're going to go in order. So what happened first, Carlos gets on the radio and says, we have to push. He wants to push hard on the tires. Okay. What does he do? Freaking rammed the back of Esty Bestie. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you want to you wanna psych Esty out? Maybe... Maybe give yourself some breathing space. Yeah. That's it. His wing, his front wing, it didn't like fall off. Like nothing was like hanging, yeah. it, but it was damaged. And they didn't need to call it into the pit to like replace the, the front wing. Yeah. Like it was fine. He did have a black and white flag, like a yeah. warning. Yeah. But he didn't actually have to go get it replaced. However, the damage still affected his pace. It still affected his car. And I don't think that with the damage to the front wing that he would have caught up to Esteban anyway. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. I might be wrong, but... I don't think Carlos had a fighting chance after he decided not to get a front ring change. And I know mm-hmm. if he were to do that, he would have gotten so much more time in the pits. Mm-hmm. But I think he screwed himself over by ramming into Esteban. That's it. And then, let's see. I guess his first pit stop that he was called in for, they called him in. His words, he thinks that they called him in too early. And they did that so they could avoid the undercut from Lewis mm-hmm. because Lewis was gaining on mm-hmm. him. I believe that Lewis had a better shot at gaining on Carlos, then Carlos had a shot of gaining on Esteban. On Esteban, yeah. So I, I, I get why Carlos was upset that they, he felt like he was he pit too early, but I don't think Carlos's strategies, for the most part, have been bad at all mm-hmm. for the last few seasons, last few races. Like they're definitely not favoring him, right? They don't. 
screw up the entire race like they do with Charles. Sometimes. So I think that they that the team made a good call by calling in Carlos when they did, you know, and yeah, not ideal because he was wanting to like catch up to Esteban. But like, what you cannot overtake on Monaco anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think Carlos would have been able to. Yeah, I don't. I I generally don't think he would have been able to. So he was pissed about the pissed off when it did start raining. Carlos had not yet made the switch. For, neither Carlos or Charles made the switch to intermediate tires. Mm-hmm. Intermediate tires are the sweet spot between wet tires and like slick tires. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the teams at this point were like, okay, we're coming into box. We're switching these tires. Ferrari stayed out on the off chance there was a safety car. Mm-hmm. They were not the only team that had drivers mm-hmm. stay out because safety car is very likely in Monaco. And Especially they were, in the rain. Exactly. So yeah. they were banking on a safety car and then they both would have gotten the advantage. Unfortunately, that did not happen. And they both pit late. But because they both pit late, they were on their their slicks. I don't know if they were on mediums or hards, but they were on their slick tires. Carlos had a bit of a lockup. He spun, lost control, went mm-hmm. into the barrier. Mm-hmm. Charles went ahead because mm-hmm. Charles at this point was had dropped down a few places. Mm-hmm. Charles got ahead and then that set up the positions for the pit stop. So they had to do a double box at this point. They needed to get the intermediates on the, on the Ferraris. They called in for both of them to box mm-hmm. and obviously like double stacking is not what you want to do mm-hmm. but they didn't really have a choice yeah and because carlos had that little error he spun kind of tapped the barrier he was fine like there was no damage but because of that he lost his position yeah i again i think that's just driver error like i i don't they could have called ferrari in they could have called one of them into box but i can see why why they didn't i can see why they waited for the yeah potential honestly if car. there would have been a safety car people would have looked at ferrari and been like that was a great strategy call. But unfortunately, Ferrari doesn't get the benefit of the doubt with strategy calls because they have had bad ones in the past. So. So they, Carlos thinks this, yeah. So Carlos thought his strategy was like messed up. I don't think it was. I thought it was funny when they tried to psych out Esteban, we mentioned earlier, and like called like called in a, f- uh, a fake box. Mm-hmm. And they, they'll do that to try and psych out other teams, try to get the other teams to box first. They did it twice with Carlos. Yeah. If it doesn't work the first time, maybe don't try it again. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. just, I don't know. So I, I don't know. I just thought Carlos was not, not good this weekend. It just kind of showed that he had a lack of faith in his team. Like, I get it. We all have a lack of faith in Ferrari right now. But I don't think Carlos sees the big picture, you know? I think he gets in the car and he thinks, I know what I'm doing. I know what's best. And he just, he he tries. And he fails, unfortunately, today. He failed. Today he failed, yeah. And again, I don't like Carlos at Ferrari. So this is... This is bias. I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, they had they had horrible strategies. Like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna agree that Ferrari did what they could do. Unfortunately, it didn't work out in their favor. But I'm with you. Are you? I'm with you. You are. I love Carlos. He's acting like a baby today, and I just think that Ferrari is, or there's just like a little bit of a disconnect within Ferrari engineers, drivers, team principal. Like I just, and they said it on the broadcast. They said when, when Carlos originally made his first message about, you know, them kind of messing up his strategy, I think whoever, I don't remember who it was, um, but one of the broadcasters did say like, "Mm, it seems like there's a little bit of tension within that garage. And I'm totally with them because I feel like, they don't know whether they want to prioritize Carlos or Charles. Yes. And I can see where that would be really difficult for Carlos because Charles is currently seventh. Well, actually, sorry, before this race, Charles was seventh in driver points and Carlos was 
fifth, I believe. He was ahead. He was ahead. So looking at that, and then looking at Charles's grid penalty going into this race, like I, if I was Carlos, I'd be thinking like, when are we, when am I going to be prioritized? And then seeing how the race went when the strategy was in his mind, a little screwed up. Like I, he was acting like a baby, but I want to give him the benefit of the doubt as well. And just say that I think Ferrari hasn't decided who their world champion should be mm-hmm. and who they and who they're giving priority to. And I don't think that they've communicated any of that with their drivers. And you can just see it with the strategy calls, with the radio messages, the frustration. It's a bit of a mess over there, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. While Carlos, obviously, no one made him ram into the back of Esty. I think that I would be on the same page as him if I were in his position in terms of like being a little bit frustrated. That's fair. And you have a lot of these same opinions as a lot of Ferrari slash Carlos fans. Yeah. So I appreciate you being devil's advocate here because I'm not. (laughs) But yeah. But then at the same time, like we did see Charles, he started six finish six yeah um they both pit late for the intermediates but like it didn't really screw them over that much mm-hmm. it made me wonder you know if what if charles started third would he have finished third you know like well i know and we'll never know unfortunately know. but he was he had a pretty consistent race yeah he well there were no errors on his part yeah like it was he went into this race he was like i'm not gonna fuck this up in fact i don't recall seeing charles on on tv more than like five or six times yeah because it was just so very Casual for him. He was fine. Yeah. He didn't want to ruin it. Yeah. He, he was, was... I I sort of think he was playing it safe today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just I fair. Agree. I don't blame him. I don't blame him, but I do think he was playing it safe. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in Formula One, you do have to take risks. But in Monaco, if you take a risk, yeah. it's so much... It's, it's such a... There's way more of a chance of failure and retirement. Yeah. So. Um, but Charles yes. did say after the race that he did agree with Ferrari's strategy about waiting for the potential safety car. Yeah. So... Charles was not as pissed off at what happened. I think he was happy to not lose places in yeah. the race and just start and finish where he did. Yeah. Obviously, starting from six was not ideal for him. Yeah. We're not getting Mon 23. We might. We might still get Mon 23. I don't think we are. I think this man is happy. And we'll get into that in a couple minutes. But we've got some wig chats to have as well. Yeah, this is a long episode. So sorry. But um, it's fine. We're good. Uh, I just want to say real fast, Alonzo. I'm not a Fernando Alonzo fan. I know exactly what you're going to say. But he's kind of, he's working his way up. Yeah. Like, he's good. He had hard tires on. on. They called him in to pit before the, like, either right when the rain started mm-hmm. or, like, right before, put on the mediums. And then I was, I was watching, and I'm like, is this the right call? And then they called him in again to put on the intermediates. And even though they completely wasted a pit stop, yeah. they could have screwed him over completely. Alonzo still kept that second place. Yeah. And, like, he showed that he knows what he's doing. His first second place podium. Yeah. Because he's gotten nothing but, like, thirds or, yeah. like, he had one race where he didn't podium, but you know, good for him. He was really happy. Incredible. He was. You know really, who was really happy? happy. Yeah. Esty Bestie was, was happy. Really happy. You know what? Maybe my call out last week was what he needed. Yeah. I called him a menace in the pits. You did call is. him a menace in the pits, and he didn't have any incidents. No. He started third, finished third. Yeah. His is a podium. When's the last time? I think before you say what you're going to say, you know the answer. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the last time he had a podium was his win. 2021. Hungarian Grand Prix? Yeah. Yeah. That was last time Esteban had a podium. That was Interesting. two years ago. And I thought it was really sweet when they got out of the cars, Esteban and yeah. Fernando, like, hugged. Because yeah. they used to be teammates, yeah. right? And there was a lot of tension when they were teammates. Yeah. And so it was kind of 
it's like it a was, full circle moment. Right? We can appreciate it. They were it. proud of each other. They were yeah. happy for each other. Obviously, they wanted to have this when they were on the same team last year, and that never came. But it was a it was like a sweet moment yeah. for them. And I just like I'm like I'm not a huge Esteban Ocon fan, but I do love Alpine, and I think that just shows like Alpine they're not horrible. They're they can do it. No, I, you know like, what? Pierre had a very consistent race yeah, today. Mm-hmm. Like no errors either. No errors. It was it was pretty pretty solid for Alpine. Um, snaps for Esty, not my favorite driver, not really even close. But I'm very happy to see another team on the podium because this yeah. is also the first team that's not Red Bull, Ferrari, or Aston Martin. No, Mercedes had a podium. Lewis had a third. You're you're mm-hmm. so right. There's more. It looks like there's more of a battle this yeah, year, which exactly. is nice. Yeah. And before we get into Wags real fast, I just want to say George Russell. What the, what the hell is he doing? Like, I don't, did you listen to the broadcast messages? He was like, should I pass Lewis? Like, should Lewis let me pass? Because Lewis, or George had a five second penalty for. Oh, I wrote it down. It was, he had a five second penalty for something. Um, and was it his incorrect starting location? No, no, no. It was unsafe. Unsafe, unsafe release? No, unsafe uh, re-entry. So he had oh, spun. Oh, yes. Yeah. He had spun out yeah. and then re-entered and like, Checo just like hit the side of his, yeah. like hit the side pocket. They were both fine. Yeah. But it was just like unsafe on his part so he had a five second penalty i don't know what his thoughts was but he was like should i pass lewis like i won't go ahead five seconds like that way uh we don't get caught up by the ferraris blah 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 this and that and i'm like no buddy stay in your place like you're good it just made it seem like he was trying to get the team to prioritize him over lewis even though they didn't need to they didn't need to they were both fine where they were and george had enough of a gap between him and i think it was charles behind him that they didn't need that the five second penalty no. wouldn't have mattered anyways. It's like he, if, if Charles was closer behind him, I wonder if he still would have been asking about that or if he would have just been like, I need to open up this gap between Charles and I like, I'm, you might not like this. I love George okay. outside of his car. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I, I tried really hard for a long time to root for George in the car. And last year he was Mr. Consistency mm-hmm. and he honestly had a great start to the season he is such a baby. Like he mm-hmm. whines so much about, about other drivers. He never takes accountability about anything that he does. This is my rat for the week. Clearly. Um, never takes accountability when it's his fault. He's always protesting very clear time penalties that he should be getting. Yeah. And, and then going not against team orders, but like trying to get Mercedes to switch team orders to him. Like bro, win one world championship before you start trying to take over team orders over Lewis Hamilton, your freaking teammate. Like, honestly, I love George so much. I think he has such a good personality. I think he's just, like, a really wholesome dude Mm -hmm. outside the car. Inside the car, and we saw it initially with Valtteri Bottas when he crashed into him when when George was still racing for Williams. And I loved George when he raced for Williams because he had so much passion for a team that just sucked and no one else really cared about, and George did. And he kind of put Williams back on the map. And I'm now lost again. That's fair. I agree. I agree. Like, I agree. Uh, George is not one of my favorite drivers. I know a few people that do love George and they are his number one driver. And I'm like, okay, weird, but okay. Your choice, I guess. I think that Lewis is more of a team player. Yes. So much. And George is not. And that's that. Logan Sargent doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. I tried very hard to give him the benefit of the doubt and root for him. And I'm trying, but he's just not making it easy. We'll see if Spain's any better. 
Oh, I do want to talk about Lando. I think Lando could be world champion if he was not with McLaren. When he overtook Yuki, Yuki did struggle a little bit. We did not see a joint. He lost that no, consistency. I know. But when we saw him overtake Yuki, we also saw Lando close the gap a little bit yeah. towards him, like between him and Carlos. Yeah. Like within a few laps, it was already down a few seconds. Mm-hmm. And that just shows like he, even though the McLaren is horrible, Lando is not. No, he's and awesome. Ninth is not ideal. But I was happy to see that, you know, he he had a good race, he was consistent, and he still made some moves. Yeah. I was just going to say that we need to, and we heard nothing about it, even though this was the first race back after everything came out about it. Nick DeVries, his probation. Yeah. Three race probation. Mm-hmm. He's not it? doing anything for me. He's finished 12th today. Yeah. Better than Yuki. But Yuki also did... Um, I think you, Yuki, had Yuki, a, Yuki took had more risks. Yeah, Yuki took more risks. And like the, I think the engineers were trying to help him out more and it just like did not work out in his favor. Nick wasn't doing anything big today. He didn't do anything. But also it's Monaco. It's hard. I understand that. I just think that when you're put on a three race probation, pretty maybe much. Do a little better. Maybe take those risks. Let's take some rests. Yeah. Because even in quali, Nick no. wasn't outstanding. Mm-mm. So we're just like, we're keeping an eye on the situation and that... I didn't really have anything like to say about it today. I just want to bring attention to the fact that that's still going on. Yeah. And we still should be paying attention to where Nick finishes. And he did not finish in the points. No. I think that's it for the race. I think honestly there was more that happened, but this is what I think is most important. Also what's most important, I think actually takes the cake. I think the most important thing that we need to talk about, (laughs) Tom Holland. Yeah. Tom Holland waving the checkered flag at the end of the race. I saw that. I screamed. It's well-deserved. I love that Matt. He's not from Monaco. He's not Monacan. He's British. I don't know out of everyone. I'm pretty sure the Prince of Monaco was there. He didn't wave the flag. No, Tom Holland. I love that man so much. Like, you, Emma loves Tom Holland. No, I'm literally so loves obsessed Tom with Tom Holland. Holland. Like, it is horrible. Yeah. Like, she sent me, like, 20 texts when she saw him in, in the paddock, and I was very I, I didn't. Happy. I didn't know he was there. Yeah. Because he wasn't there last year. And so I saw it, I saw the photos and I was like, first of all, he looks so good. Yeah, he looked good. And it just I it just made me happy. Like he and then the photos with Lando. With Lando yeah. Everything. That's gonna be my new background. I also want it framed. Actually, yeah. you know what? That's it. Hang on. We have our crush tracker. And this is gonna be news for me because I told Emma that I don't want to see her crush tracker today. I want it to be a surprise for me. So, so fifth, we have Lance. The white there's the white shirt. The white wet shirt. Um <laughs> Fourth, this is a new addition. Fourth on the crush tracker, Pado Award. Award. More specifically, the photo of him that made me realize he could he could get it. <laughs> I am his mom. <laughs> what? This is not based off driver skill. This is based off them. Just Pado Award, and that's it. Third, we have Charles, mostly because he confirmed his relationship this weekend. I still love him. But that I'm, makes him go up on your crush no, tracker? No, down. This oh, is down. fifth. Lance is fifth. Pato's okay. fourth. Charles but, third. Okay, where was Charles? I thought Charles was second last week. No, he week. was first. Oh, oh well, it sorry. Was just, last week it was just Yuki. Just Yuki. Yeah, okay. Now Charles is third. He's right in the middle. Lando, second. Yeah. Mostly because he shaved. Yes, finally. Thank he God. had this, this dirty mustache. And he food. looked so good. It's also because of his friendship with Tom Holland yeah. and the photos. But Tom Holland is... Tom Holland is number one on the crush tracker this week. He was at the race. I think it counts. The photo of him with the flag. Or like he had the flag. He was like getting ready for it. Yeah. That's it. My crush tracker. 
This is not what I expected. Tom Holland, Lana Norris, Charles Leclerc, Pato Award, and Lance Stroll. Honestly? I love them. That's a good one. That's my crush tracker. That's it. Uh, it won't last forever, but I think because Tom Holland was at the race, it's only fair that he has a spot in the crush tracker. We didn't see Tony Stark, but we saw Spider-Man. Get it? I like, do get it. Thank you. You didn't say anything, I, Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was opening a DM that we got, but I just would have loved it so much more if Zendaya was with him, but we'll take him alone. I'm happy with I'll that. I'll take him alone. Yeah. Okay, I think we should move on to our final topic of the race weekend, yeah. which is WEGS. I have one big thought about WEGS this weekend. Okay. Okay, so there's a couple things that happened. Number one is every year, this is like the biggest event for WEGS to be at. Mm-hmm. There was five of them this weekend, I believe. We saw Carmen, Kika, Kelly, Kelly, Tiffany. Tiffany's always there. Tiffany Cromwell, Valtteri Bottas's long-term girlfriend. She's always there. She's not really in the spotlight. She's um, a cycler. So yeah. she's, she just, I don't want to say she just follows him around, but she just, she cycles with him too when they're, when they're in different places. So she was there. She doesn't really like go get too public about yeah. her appearances. But anyways, she was there. Alex. And Alex. Yeah, Alex I was like, I'm is one. Charles's new girlfriend. Yeah. So it was, we were right. It was announced this weekend. We correctly predicted two things to happen this weekend, both of which we didn't want to happen this weekend. Nope. One was Charles and Alex making their debut. We're calling her Alex. Alexander's a little former formal for me. And Charlotte also being there. Charlotte was there. Charlotte was there without a paddock pass, yes. like a VIP pass. We zoomed in on the photos. No VIP pass for yeah. the first time in years. Years. She was also seen with Elena. Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Elena, Elena, yeah. Elena, which is Esteban's girlfriend. Or so we thought. Because she also was not wearing a paddock VIP pass. And usually, 10 out of 10 times, the WEGs will have these passes, these VIP passes. Alex had one. Well, they hang out in the garage. Exactly. Yeah. Elena did not have one. So now everyone is like, did they break up? I don't think they're together because also... She didn't post anything. She's like, she didn't, Elena's very. She didn't post anything after his. She didn't his post anything podium. after his podium. I that's I okay. just like, no, that's all good. She didn't post anything after his podium. And in, in years past, Elena has been very, very supportive of Esteban, even though she's not at all the races. She's always posting about like his successes and whatnot. We didn't see that. We also didn't see any photos of her in the paddock. And Esteban brought his mom to the film festival. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I'm not French. Can. Can. This is embarrassing for us. Let's move on. Esma brought his mom, not Elena. Whereas Pierre went and brought Kika and they looked so good. It's also my phone background, but that's another topic. Yeah, no, they looked amazing. Kika is just unreal, but... um, So I think they broke up. I think they're not together. And also, wouldn't it be kind of like Charlotte and Elena posted together? Yeah. And wouldn't, if you were both now ex-girlfriends, wouldn't that be kind of like a bonding moment for the two of you? Like they were, they were always friendly in the paddock. There was always pictures of the two of them chatting, but... To this extent where they're, like, posting pictures together, I think this reeks of ex-girlfriends who now are bonded. They bonded this weekend. And we also didn't see Issa. I was going to say. So I also texted Emma this. My theory is that Issa and Carlos are no longer together, which is ridiculous (sighs) because two episodes ago I said they would be next for an engagement. And I just... I have lost faith because, and there's really no reason to believe this except for like spidey senses. And they've never been the couple to post much about their relationship. I don't think you'll find one photo of them like together on either of their Instagrams, but she would always post a story or two when she was at a race. She's been at Monaco every year since I've watched Formula One. It's just like 
even if you're not there for the race, Monaco is such a big event for influencers in terms of like PR parties, stuff like that. And these girls have all become influencers because of who they're dating for their association with their association with F1 drivers. Does it, is that like a reason that they have their platform? I don't want to say that, but it helps. Um, Issa has a podcast herself. She's a fashion blogger and you know, she has her own life life which I've always respected about her, but you'd think that going to Monaco and going to the fashion shows and going to the PR events and everything that happens that weekend would be huge for her and her career. And she wasn't there. No. And it's weird to me. We haven't seen any hints of them being in the same place either. She's always, she has her, again, she has her own life. So like we could just be speculating here, but I don't know. I, we are, but honestly, In my experience watching Formula One and watching like WAG accounts and stuff like that, Monaco is where they all are. It's like a WAG party in itself. Like we didn't even really see Kelly this weekend. But she was there. She was there. She hasn't posted anything with Max post-race. Which is weird. Which is weird. But they're together. Like I'm not delusional. Max and Kelly are still together. But she was also in France like two nights ago. So I don't think she was at Quali. She was literally just there for the race. This is just very weird to me. Yeah. No, I agree. 100%. It is... It's strange. And it, I'm going to be sad if Carlos and Issa did split up. Esteban and Elena. Again, I'm not a huge Elena, like Esteban fan, but you know, they seem like a pretty solid couple. So it does make me feel sad. But it, yeah, I guess, honestly, I guess some of these drivers are single now. So we got Carlos, we got Esteban, Lando's been single for a hot minute. Charles is off the table, but that's fine. I roll. You know... I don't know how I feel about it. And again, we're not a gossip account, but I just want to say he dated Charlotte for what, three years? Almost. And then was seen with Alex like a month and a bit later. Mind you, Alex and Charlotte were also friends. Yeah. So this this is what I mean by this is the second time it's happened because we chatted about it. Now I know we have game listeners since then, so I might as well just go over it really quickly. Charles's first girlfriend was named Giada. Giada. She was also from Monaco. Um, her and Charlotte were really, really good friends. And then when Charles got promoted from Sauber to Ferrari, he told Giada that he wanted to just focus on Ferrari. Really, he wanted to focus on Charlotte and he started dating her and they were friends. They are no longer friends. They don't follow each other. That was a couple of years ago. Then him and Charlotte dated for a while. Giada moved on and we were like, okay, whatever. Like, it's just, Monaco's small. Like, you're bound to be friends with someone's ex, whatever. This is the second time it's happening. That He's such a homie hopper. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yes. That's it. That's it. And I love Char- Charlos. <laughs> I, I love Charles. I do. I don't love the homie hopping. No. And I don't know. And might I just say, and they look said it before. Identical. They look the same. They look identical. <laughs> they look identical. Charlotte and Alex look exactly the same. They're both beautiful. Yes. But they also look like twins. <laughs> like identical. Identical. I don't know. Charles has a type. What did we say? We said that Alex looks like Charlotte. We said that Kika kind of looks like Louisa. Yes, with Lando's ex. Lance's new girlfriend is also tall and brunette. Like, we said this before. They have a type. They all look alike. Yeah. But like... This is to another level. Like, they yeah. are identical. I wonder how Charlotte feels. I mean, like, you have to know that. You have to know. the same. If I was dating someone and we broke up and then all of a sudden he's dating a girl that looks identical to me. I have a twin, but we don't look identical. But, like, if <laughs> yeah. a real identical, like, body double doppelganger was now 
dating my ex, I'd be like, I think I'd feel good. I, I think, would feel good. I think I'd be like, oh, so I'm the blueprint. I'm going to say one thing. What? Alex already has better style than Charlotte. Yeah. We'll end it there. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Track Talk Pod. It was a long one, but stay tuned for a bonus episode coming out. It's going to be about the Indy 500. It's going to be about Spain. And it's also going to be a little bit about us. I also think that we should chat a little bit about Le Mans. Okay. Yeah. I do have notes about the Triple Crown. Yeah. That I thought we were going to get to today. Did not happen. Yeah. Which is okay because it's just Monaco. Yeah. The mess that was Monaco. That's the title of the the podcast. The episode. Uh, Follow us on our socials, Track Talk Pod on TikTok, tracktalk.pod on Instagram. And thank you for listening. Thank you.